The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, today on UFC Unfiltered, Matt is away with Dana. We have Alex Ponovic and Phoenix Carnavale. Of course, on the phone, we have Mike Perry and Greg Hardy. It's a really fun one. Without Matt, of course, we miss him. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he hurt him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Well, Jim Norton part is right. Matt Serra is once again off. Uh, Phoenix, you're turning down the wrong one. I am, aren't you're turning I? down my head. I, I, I literally, I'm talking, and I, and I feel like I'm just, my brain is dying. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, my volume is going down, and I see her hand. I'm like, oh, no, you're trying to turn your own oh, down. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> Alex Parnovic, thank you for coming in. I got it. Yeah, man. And uh, Phoenix Carnavale, of course, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Matt's off with Dana doing, looking for a fight, I guess. Yes. And they never tell us where they're going, but I know it's somewhere nice. How long have they usually gone for? You know, I guess until Sunday. We taped this on Wednesday, so they probably fly in today, get a little something done tonight. I don't know how long they should. I guess it depends on Dana's schedule. Right, right. right. I don't think Dana's waiting for Matt or Dean <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> You know, I think it's whatever Dana's schedule allows. Yeah, sometimes they just do it for the weekend or whatever, but I guess they're doing a little... I don't know where they're going, so maybe it took a little longer to get there. It's just a fun thing. It's awesome, man. I love it. You watch it? Oh, yeah, I love it. You know why I don't watch it? Tell me. Because I'm not in it. Ah, That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) No, I love love all those guys, and and they're very funny together. They just go off and do fun shit. Hilarious. So today on the show, we have Greg Hardy calling in shortly, and we also have Mike Perry, who has a tough fight with uh, Cowboy, uh, Cowboy Oliveira. Coming. When is that fight? Is that this Saturday? Yeah, that's this weekend. That's on the main card. Jacques right? against Hermanson. Yep, that's the main event. Yeah, I like with some people, they, they list their first names, and with some, they're like, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's almost like, instead of uh, Nurmagomedov against McGregor, it's Khabib. Right, right. Yeah. right. And they do the same thing with Jacare. Instead of Souza, they'll say uh, Jacare. Who else do they do that for? They just name the first name. I mean, Cowboy. Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, yeah. it's just Cowboy usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. true. They don't say Cerrone. No. It just works by what's faster and what goes by and how hard your last name is to say. Very true. Yeah, Nurmagomedov is way too <laughs> yeah. long on a poster. Uh, Khabib is yeah. yeah. so Let's just do that. Your name is hard. Yeah, Khabib <laughs> is a little bit easier. So, Alex, you're in town. We'll talk about what you're promoting, sure. too. Are you good friends with Jason Momoa? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good friends with Jay. Just G- giant human beings. Yeah. You're just gi- did you, like, yeah. drink the breast milk of a giant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the breast you... milk of a giant. <laughs> I saw that. Um, <laughs> no, we met, we met, like, 10 years ago on a show called Stargate. 
And uh, yes. we joke around and tell the story of how um, it was my first day on set. He was the lead. I was like a guest on it. It was my first day. And uh, there was a scene where he actually got a, a tattoo done while he was on holiday. So they were going, we need to figure out how to write this tattoo into the show. So I get cast as his best buddy from this planet that we're from. And I'm supposed to do that like tap ink thing yeah. on his yeah. arm. So I'm, so we do the scene and, I'm, and I say, as I tap it, he goes... And I go, stings, doesn't it? And then we go back to it. So we did like three takes. We got it. And then he goes, yeah, let's, let's just, just do one more. And this is like 20 minutes into me knowing the, the guy. So as I'm tapping, he goes, and as I look up to go, stings, doesn't it? He slaps me across the face. <laughs> and I always tell him, like, you, you didn't just slap me. Use the heel of your hand. Oh, I like, saw stars right away. And he just then he went, stings, doesn't it? And I, was, I just froze. <laughs> And there was a millisecond of, I, I, I don't care if I get fired. I'm going to smash this yeah. guy. And then the other millisecond, just finish the scene. And when we finished the scene, he just started dying laughing. I was in shock. From that time on when we were done, he goes, what are you doing tonight? I go, I'm, I'm just heading home. And then we sat and we drank till 4 o'clock in the morning listening to Tom Waits and just talking about life. And he became a bestie. Wow, wow. that's amazing, too. Because did, Now, did he know how well you can fight? Uh, no, he just thought it would be funny for the show. <laughs> He's right. Did, it, did they it, use that take? They did use that yeah, take. That, take. that actually, sucks if they didn't use that that's, take. There's <laughs> actually a girl that's in our scene that did a spit take when when that happened. So it, it worked out for everyone. <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, I don't care if I ever work again. That's, I see, that's great it. improv, though. Yeah. You know, those are where the magic moments happen. Yeah, and 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 he's literally one of the the coolest dudes. And good yeah. for you he's, for staying in the scene. Yeah, that it, 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 it. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I would have blown it. Ow, Jason! You know, I'm such a shit. <laughs> I, I would have blown it in every way possible. But I guess you understood that he was doing something, whatever it was. Yeah, You're I mean, I, I get it. Like, I don't think I would have gone that far. In that specific <laughs> moment, but he just saw how big I was. He goes, ah, this guy could take it. He could take it. And, and, and at the end, end result, we ended up having a really good time, good friendship. We just finished working together on another show, and and um, I'm loving the way his star is just blasting, and he, he handles it yeah. really well. He does really great things for, for children, the community, the environment. Is he married to Lisa Bonet? Yes. Yeah. Do you know Lisa? I don't know you Lisa. Have met her? No, no. She still looks good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looks great. And he's, some- still, he's a little boy when yeah. he talks about her. He's yeah. just a little boy. I guess it's got to be. I wonder what that's like to be so enthused about a relationship. I've never experienced that. Oh, it's hilarious. For more than a week. It's, it's hilarious how much he, uh, he gets giddy. He I, really, I like that. I, I literally, when we were hanging out at his house having drinks, and I was checking out his pad, and I was like, is, is that Lisa Bonet on, on yeah. top of your ceiling above your bed? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's that's my wife. And I just started laughing. He goes, no, no, seriously, that's my wife. Do we, sorry to interrupt you. Do we have Greg Hardy on the phone? You got him now. Yep. Oh, hey, Greg, how you doing? Oh, very well. How you doing, guys? Good, buddy. You're talking to Jim Norton, uh, Alex Ponovic, and, of course, Phoenix Carnavalli. Uh, 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 Matt is away shooting with Dana. Uh, but thank you for coming on the show. No, thank God for having me, man. And uh, as a, a former football player, I got to ask you, too, do you feel like you're taking less punishment almost as a fighter than you do uh, in the NFL because of all, all the practice hits and stuff you take in the NFL? Uh, you know, I would say it's a different kind of punishment. You know, each has its own special way of destroying your body. <laughs> <laughs> True. I guess so. Um, what, what made you stop playing football? I mean, did you just not get picked up again, or, or did you just get sick of doing it? I mean, I had some opportunities come up, but... By the time they came up, man, I I worked so hard to get here, man. I fell in love with the sport. It's just I, I decided to go all all in for the uh, MMA path, and 
align, align myself with UFC and put in work, you know? Oh, so you were training while you played football? Uh, yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been training mixed martial arts for a, a long time. You know, I started just to work on my hands and my hips and stuff like that, and then it, it, it slowly progressed, and, you know, things developed the way they developed, and I, uh, was, I was out for a little bit, and I actually literally started training MMA full-time, you know, while I was actually still looking for a team to play for. Hey, Greg, this is Alex Ponovic. It's really interesting because it's not like you just played in the NFL. You were a pro bowler. You played for Cowboys. Like, you were an elite-level athlete there. So to go, like, yes, it's almost a step down, like starting from the minors when you're starting a new sport to jump into something like that, it's kind of mind-boggling, especially the money that you get paid as an NFLer. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And, um... You know, it's funny that you say that. It's, it's a point that I like to make. I want. I would like to and want people to understand. You know, for me, it really wasn't about the money. You know, I start. I started off actually paying to my, my amateur fights, paying to go fight. So, it was about you know earning my way in and actually developing myself. You know, when you become an elite athlete on any level, an elite businessman or an elite anything. It's just honestly about the competing. It's about being at the highest level that you can, and it's about being a competitor, man. And I'm sure you guys understand, you know, because you guys have a prestigious show, and you guys all have your individual careers that are so very prestigious, man. And it's, it's, just, it's honestly just about gaining and becoming the best, and that's what I wanted to do in this sport. I think it's super cool. Uh, just not only that, you you go from a team sport to somewhat we call MMA an individualized sport, even though you're working with a team in order to get you in the octagon in the first place. How do you find that transference, right, from working with people that you have to rely on them to catch the ball, to, to do plays, to then being in, by yourself in there in those moments? Um, it was actually a great transition for me, man. It, uh, played, it played into my hand wonderfully because, you know, every great athlete, every good athlete knows you got to have those Kobe moments just to excel mm-hmm. in sports, man. You know, the, the team moments are all great. They're all good. And, you know, everybody gets the credit. Everybody gets the uh, – the work and uh and sharing the blame but at the end of the day man a lot of the times it's just you on that field at five o'clock in the morning you know it's just you running through those bags it, like it was just me a lot of the times and now i get to apply those actual techniques all the time it's, mm. it's me who gets to decide when to go to workouts if i'm gonna go to workouts nobody's up there telling me hey you gotta go to practice so yeah it's, it's, it's just perfect for me i feel like it was a great transition and, and greg you made your debut in uh in brooklyn in january against alan crowder and uh, yes, we, everyone knows it ended in a disqualification because of the knee. And there's a lot of speculation as to your mindset when that happened. Uh, there were people suggesting that you were getting tired and you were just looking for a way out, uh, which I didn't necessarily agree with that. Can you just talk about your mindset in that moment? Oh, man, it was a uh, very tired mindset, you know. And uh, it took me a second. I want to say it took me very long, but it took me a second to put down my pride because that's what you got to do to get better, of course, and say that I was tired, you know, and realize that you uh you trained as hard as you could and you didn't, you didn't you didn't get to where you wanted to get to and that's honestly what happened and it was not a a way out mentality because you know anybody that's watching the fight that has any kind of educated mind watching the fights you know i had plenty of chances to you know tap out you know i could have just tapped out in the guillotine and nobody would have would have said anything that had been like hey a rookie just got guillotine that makes sense or he had me in a crucifix you know like you know that's a perfect time to say hey I can give up right here and nobody would have questioned it. You know, and these are things that went through my mind, man. And uh, I haven't thought about them in a long time just because I've been such a, at a high level. But just honestly, I was so exhausted. I, I didn't 
I was making decisions and I couldn't see the whole picture, you know, and that's what happens when you're tired. Yeah. You start making decisions and not uh, processing every single detail well, as that, you would like in the first round. That also comes with ring generalship too, you know. It's, I mean, that's a term we use in boxing yes, a lot, but it, but octagon generalship we could say. And uh, and I think, you know, I think a lot of people, you, you elevated so quickly to such a high level so quickly because of your experience. But Dean Thomas, who's amazing and a very good friend of ours here on the show actually took a lot of the the blame in that criticism and he gave you a lot of props so what are your thoughts on on what dean thomas said and, and just working with him in general i appreciate what he said man you know and i'm i'm gonna have to disagree you know because he's <laughs> he's the one he's one of the first guys that said i needed more ring time mm-hmm. and though a lot of people don't give me a lot of credit for what you just said yourself i'm just elevating so fast yeah that it's more it's more amazing than it is disappointing, but that's not the, that's not the crowd that's not the venue that's not the uh, the stuff that we have you know and having somebody like Dean in your corner allows you to just see so many things so fast and be able to deal with so many things so fast without that without that actual ring time yeah and then just when I got in there and lost all that like I I think people forget you know when you're in a high pressure situation, you stop listening to your coaches. Like th- yeah. it just goes away. It's like, there's not a, a choice. You don't actually turn it off. It just goes away. So, and when you can't, when you don't have that kind of guy in your ear, when you can't put the focus on the right things, man, you know, things go down the drain. And well, it's confusing. Like I said, he, he trained me perfectly. It's confusing too, because you have the, the unified rules and then you have rules per state. I mean, I think that, I don't know if that was a issue that happened with John Jones. I think the thing with John Jones was like a timing issue where he wasn't sure if the hand was down and then the hand was down. So it, it gets a little muddied and confusing even for us in the media. Right. Yeah. And that's a split second decision. Yeah. You know, people, you, 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 have, uh, you have minutes and hours to look at the fight and think it over. Like John had a second to make that decision and then it was gone. So right. I think, I think, man, like, like I said, I, I don't, I don't blame Dean at all. I don't think he should take the blame at all. You know, it was me. He trained me, like I said, perfectly. And it's just something that I have worked on and that I can have to continue to work on, man. I gotta, I gotta get better at that. And I think that I will. And I think I hope, I hope that, you know, the professionals in the sport know that that's not something that, a person like me and a person that has been trained by Dean Thomas would do purposefully. Yeah, you weren't fight. You weren't fighting dirty. It was just in the in the heat of battle, and you just did something. When you now, when you were going out there, it was a co-main event. Uh, your first uh, shot taught in the UFC. Are you feeling more pressure than you thought you would? Obviously, you've been in high pressure situations, but like you said, this is no longer a team sport. This is just you. So when you're walking out there, how is it feeling in this first UFC fight? I felt amazing, man. You know, and it, it felt really good just to be there to be back but um honestly if you get down to it man there was just so much emotion around it you know it was a lot of people overlooked this too it was my comeback you know this is the first time i've been in front of an audience i've been in front of a crowd right. and allowed to perform allowed to compete and do what i love and do and be what i am in in years so you know that that was a part of the, the hype and then just actually getting to the second round was a whole nother level of hype Oh man, just the the crowd. I just, I mean, all of it was just a whole nother level of hype, man. And I didn't, again, my my coaches told me, but I didn't account for any of that zapping my energy, zapping my mind. You know, my mind speed process the way the uh, the way that I process at the speed that I process, man. And it just it hit me, it hit me hard, you know. So I wouldn't say that it was nerves or anything else. It was just all that hit me at once, and I had to process it in the middle in the middle of a cage naked. 
fighting a grown man. <laughs> yeah, like if they tested your heart rate, especially if it's like kind of your first time doing in such That's a right. big event, and you know, because we've all been on stage and right. stuff, your heart rate is elevated just walking to the cage right. like you're doing cardio. Yeah. You know, your adrenaline is up there, like just walking out there. And even though you've done that walk before, when it's at such a level and you've actually had your brain in that kind of level of like, this is it, it, mm -hmm. it's, it, it gives it a different molecular structure. For, of, for uh, sure. Like, this feels like different than the last time it felt. And then it just kind it's of builds on that. So it's a really interesting thing. And, and again, it's no joke because you're a professional athlete who, at, at the elite level of the NFL with thousands of people screaming for your team. And then, yeah, and then sure. you do something like this, and how different it could be. Um, so it, it, it's a testament to anybody who just walks out there. Yeah, Greg, do you do anything like now that you're in, a, you know, a different sport? Do you do any of that type of mind training or breathing or sort of to relax your adrenaline or anything like that? Um, I do a lot of it. Just I've, it's, it's it's continued through football, and I think that's what's honestly got me through football at such a high level. Mm -hmm. It was more of a mental game. It was more of a um, compressed situation. I was always on top of it. And I continued that when I moved the transition to the sport. And something that uh, a lot of people don't know about me, I've exercise-induced asthma. So breathing's a big part of my oh, game. Oh, shit. Me too. So, yeah. And, and you had... So had all, all, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Come here. No, please, come again. No, I was just saying, you had had X amount of uh, wins. I think it was six wins in a row. All uh, first-round knockouts, TKOs. Uh, are you are you working on on the ground game? Uh, because that that's something that you know you get to the UFC and a lot of guys have a tremendous ground game. So have you have you been working on the jujitsu or what have you been doing with that? I've been doing everything, man. We uh, I came back to ATT with a mindset of bring it off. You know, we were real sheltered the last last camp. We were focused on just the defenses and um, making sure I had enough answers to compete. Just because it was so fast, and this time I think the difference is, man came back and, I, and we just threw my I, I got thrown in there you know I threw myself in there I went to war I got I got on the ground and I put myself at the mercy of you know Steve Mako um my jiu-jitsu coach Devin and just Daniel Jolly Billy Patton just we and we ran it into the ground man to the point where I, I had to push it and be in that same position that I was in in the fight well that, I guess that just brings us to Dimitri and um his his freestyle wrestling pedigree and and you know winning his last eight fights by either KO or submission and I'm wondering how much particular wrestling and takedown defense have you been working? I know that Dean is phenomenal at this, especially working with somebody like Tyron Woodley and having that da Damian Maya fight. So that takedown defense is just run through that camp, you know, quite often. But I'm wondering, like, if how confident are you feeling with your wrestling, and how much have you established that for this particular camp? You know, I feel very comfortable, and I think I don't, and I don't want to reach for the credit, but I don't think I get enough credit for, you know, just my, the, the sheer fact that I was able to get up off yeah. the ground when yeah. nobody thought I could, um, especially out of the positions that I put myself in, of course. And I just, I don't think I've ever been worried. You know, I, I've been trained by the best. I've been trained very well. And I think I was even, I would even go as far as to say, I was more calm on the ground in that fight than I was standing up. So, I mean, being being comfortable was not a, not not the problem. I think this, it was more of a conditioning situation and what came from me being down there. And I think we remedied that situation. What motivated you to even take? Because a lot of guys your size, you're a big dude, you're an athletic guy. You don't even need a lot of guys don't even need to train to fight in real life. What made you decide that you want to learn how to do it? Were you fighting a lot growing up as a kid, or what made you want to take MMA? I'm a real peaceful guy, man. I've never I've been in two fights my whole life. 
but uh, another advantage I, to being a big guy. Nobody fucks with you. <laughs> no sir. <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I enjoy the uh, the level of competition in the in, in MMA, man. And then after that, I enjoy the uh, level of camaraderie and just respect that you have for what you do. You know, that's a big thing for me because, like I said, I never approach a situation. Uh, and if you want some more Greg Hardy facts. I played in the SEC, man, as a defensive end. I played as a wide receiver. I've caught six, seven touchdowns in the SEC. I played on the S- on Ole Miss's basketball team, my friends. You know, uh, um, I'm just I've been at that I've been at that high level for so for so long that uh, kind of uh, what am I trying to say? It's kind of well, kind of just in me, you know. I, I was it's just gonna. Sorry, I was just gonna jump in and just say, like, was there one specific fight or one moment where you're like, "Oh my god, I gotta figure out what that is and do it." Uh, no, man. Uh, I started watching and just with curiosity, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, man, and like, like I said, it's it just everything that I saw was in me. You know, this is I've been competing so long at a high level. I, I had to have such a respect for athleticism and what it takes to actually be and compete at a high level that when I saw it, man, it was just, you had to be proud. I was kind of proud of it, proud to watch it and proud to see it develop. And when it started to develop into this like beautiful sport, man, I just, I had to do it, you know, like, and I honestly did. I was picking between going and play some overseas basketball, Uh MMA and, and, um, a couple other ventures and, you know, it turned out to be an easy decision, man. It's just a beautiful sport. I can hear the birds in the background. You're talking about being <laughs> know, peaceful. Like, yeah. I'm like, this is, I need to put me in a trance. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, too, is it hard? And I know you're training on the ground uh, with Dean at that camp, but is it a little harder? Because even guys that are like, you know, Roy Nelson was a jiu-jitsu black belt. Yeah. And once you get that feeling of knocking people out, he just kind of went to that booming overhand right uh, <laughs> and very rarely used this jiu-jitsu that he was so great with. Is it harder to motivate yourself to train on the ground when you have felt time and time again uh, how fast you can knock somebody out if you connect? That was my problem before last fight. After last fight and being as tired as I was and just um, seeing how it decimated my um, cardiovascular system, I had never had that problem. I've never had that problem since. Mm. So it was basically, <laughs> it was a little bit jarring to, to, to when you with a heavyweight in the UFC level who puts you on the ground and you're like, oh, okay, there's a little bit of work that needs right. to be done here. Yeah, you know, and I went back to, I went back to my strike and I, uh, I tried to corral him on the cage. He took me down. I got back up and tried to corral him again. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh man, it's gone. Where, do, where did it go? <laughs> yeah. You know, and just Scariest experiencing feeling, that yeah. is, is kind of shell shocking. Well, did you see, I'm sure you watched uh, uh, Miocic against uh, Ngannou when they fought. And, 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 you know, I mean, Francis was knocking everybody out. And then you get a guy like Stipe, who's not as big, but a very strong guy and a really smart wrestler. Just keep him up the cage and watch that ener- energy bar uh, uh, drain. So you, you definitely want to be able to, uh, to do something on the ground because that's what a guy like Stipe would do to you all day if he could. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this, I'll say this for um, the MMA community in the world. There is no comparison to experiencing experience excuse me experiencing experiencing being on the ground and getting back up and having to fight a, another man, a grown man man yeah. you can talk about it all you want right. i watched that whole fight and it was just shocking to me that a, that a high level athlete getting paid that much money did not work on his ground game but like once i was down there <laughs> yeah. yeah you made a mental note <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's something totally different. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the co-main event again. Is it correct? Uh, right. And how do you say Dimitri's last name? I know I'm uh, Smol- Smolikov. 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 Okay, I got Smolikov. it right. Um, you're the co-main again. UFC has a lot of faith 
Uh, I guess also because you were so well known from ESPN for playing football, but they obviously see a lot of potential in you uh, as a fighter to have longevity. So that's got to make you feel confident that the UFC has such faith in you. Yes, sir. You know, and I appreciate it. That's, uh, that's something that's happened in football as well. And I, just, I love when that happens when people have faith in me and they, uh, and they enjoy the way that I entertain. And it gives me the opportunity to come out there and enjoy what I do, man. And I would like to say that my last fight was entertaining, you know. It was. And uh, the fans loved it, you know. And, I, and that's what I want to keep bringing. And when, you know, you have a company and an organization and a boss that believes in you, you get to come out and produce that every time. You know, you don't have to really worry about if they believe, what do you got to do to survive or anything like this, that, or the other, you know. So I, I love it. And you also got the first loss out of the way. And uh, our producer noted in the notes here, the same way Jones lost was, well, lost was a, a disqualification. So, it, I mean, it's like, it's like you don't have the pressure now of uh, wondering what it's going to feel like after your first loss. Uh, bef- did it change you at all mentally after you actually had a, a loss after having won uh, six straight? No, sir, not at all, man. I took some of the biggest losses of my life recently, you know, the last decade and a half. Mm-hmm. After winning for a decade, for a decade or two, and, or not a decade or two, a decade, I'm not that old. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I just, you know, it's, it's a part of being a, it's part of being a champion. You know, the, the, what I, I gained more from it than I could ever lose. And I feel like what I gained was the, the ability to see what I needed to fix. Yeah. The ability to see what's ahead, you know, and that's, that's a dangerous thing to give a person like me. And I mean, I'm just excited, you know, to, to get to it. All right. So talking about what's ahead, do you have a prediction for this fight? <laughs> Do I have a prediction for you this fight? You can't say pain. You cannot use the, the <laughs> Mr. T prediction. You got to give us true. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Even if it's true, I'm saying. Okay, um, all right. I mean, listen, somebody, I've, I've never had a fight where somebody didn't get knocked out. You know, you can say <laughs> I lost all you want, but somebody's going down. Yeah. But uh, hopefully this time, no DQs. I'm just in a mindset. And this is another thing that I gained from this last fight. I'm in a mindset where, man, I'm here to be a fighter. I'm not like, I, as much as the fans want to see a knockout and a quick a, t- a, a quick or a quick TKO I'm here to I'm here to entertain I'm here to be a fighter you know I'm training with the be- literally the best in the world so yeah ima- ima- imagine another 200 and freaking 65 pound John Jones and please don't take that as me comparing myself to a titan but right. you know it's it's just beautiful to watch a man fight so I think that's I think that's what's on my mind after this fight I'm here to fight if it goes 15 please enjoy cuz I'm going to have the time of my life and he's going to be in pain Greg, before we let you go, I just want to ask you this. So there's definitely a difference between, you know, a fighter and a martial artist. It's a great time for MMA because now fighters are also athletes, high-level athletes like yourself. Do you take any of the martial arts principles into your life now? Or do you feel that it's just fighting is your route and, and martial arts is just a tool? It started off for me just fighting. But, you know, as I got into it in the very beginning, as I got into it, I just I decided to just take it and kind of change my life around, man. And I used the martial way to turn my life around and kind of just settle settle some demons inside of me and get on the right path just to be able to survive in this world, you know, and to be humble enough to take the losses in this world. So it, it's helped me a lot, man, and I love it. I, Greg, I don't think I would I don't think I would want to exist without it. So dope! I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's really awesome. Yeah, thanks for calling, mm-hmm. man. We wish you luck and uh, co-main event. Uh, this Saturday, uh, where is this fight taking place? It's in Fort Lauderdale. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Good luck, Greg, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you fight many more good times. Good luck, buddy. Bye, Greg. Thank you guys for having me. Have a good day. All right, man. Take care. You too. Bless. 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 He said yeah, bless. Yeah, nice awesome. guy.
Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a lot of pressure, your first fight, co-main. Uh, but he was honest about the ground. It's nice to hear you. I got tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You realize on the ground like, there was a lot of work to be done. It's just something, even guys who are fighting in other organizations come to the UFC and notice that the, the level of fighting is just higher here. It's really interesting, especially when the Pride guys started coming over. Mm-hmm. You could really tell of like how would like when Krokop first came in, he was supposed to take on the world. And then when you get in that octo- octagon, it's a different feeling. The Gonzaga fight IQ dropped is him. higher. That was yeah. a shock to me. The, I yeah. mean, because Gonzaga was not as known uh, no. as, as Mirko Krokop. The fight yeah. IQ is higher. The level of athleticism, especially now with the Performance Institute, is higher. It's like going from, you know, high school to your doctrine, like to going to like your master's degree. It's or triple A to the major leagues. Yeah. yeah, but what's interesting is that no one really thought that way, coming, especially coming from Pride. They just went, Pride, we've got the best fighters. Then they did have the best fighters at the at time, Pride. for sure. But it was the, when they made this transition into a different kind of arena with the octagon and, and the pressures of the television and it, it, it just I think it was a surprise to everybody more than it was this is the step up yeah so it was really interesting yeah that's a good point um, and you're, you're working on something now too um, you're, you're a short a million dollars short yeah how long is it 30 minutes I saw the Start, trailer it's awesome yeah started out it. started out as a 47 minuter <clears throat> and then we were we were just going. We got to cut this down. Was it budget wise, or the story just didn't? No, the story. Well, it was mostly the festival cir- circuit. Because if you're in a short fi- festival, short film festival, or, or in that um, category, you know that festival's going. Well, we got to turn down four films just to get your 47 minute film in there. So usually they'll turn down our film so they can get four other. Sure. So we were just trying to take that away from it and make the script, make make the story a little tighter, and and it, and it became really great. Bobby Ballard wrote a great great script for his daughter, and, and I was lucky enough to, to to get the lead and play in it. And it was it was interesting because you know we had I think we had a 21 day shoot, which is not yeah. for a short film, and. And the costumes and the makeup, and he really he went for it, man. And what's it, was, it about? Well, it's based. It, it, it's uh, it's a. It's called a shipment. Yeah, it's called the shipment, and and um, it's a broken down ship that I have. My my wife has passed away. I'm a single dad, and my daughter is on this uh, ship with me. And it's <coughs> it's breaking down, and I transport slaves from one planet to another. And I promised my wife that I wouldn't do that anymore. So this was the last shipment. So I'm going into. You know, take a look at the the ship that's broken down, but it's going to cost a lot of money, and then I get one more offer, and that's where it kind of all goes sideways. That okay. sounds interesting. But it's it is it, like it's a poignant piece, especially in this day and age, with uh, you know kicking people out and seeing mm-hmm. what, who who can come in, and and um, so it it, it it didn't really feel it that, like that at the time because we shot this thing like three. Almost four years ago. Oh, okay. So it was before the Trump era. Yeah. And then, and so with all, you know, with independent film, with all the times that it took for, you know, gathering the money and finishing the the post, um, and it kind of sat into this pocket to where, you know, we're really kind of seeing what's going on. Wait, it took them four years to finish post-production or they sat it for, they they shelved it for a reason? No, it took this long, yeah. Took this long. Was he doing other projects? Oh, sorry. Was he? No, it was. It was basically um, when you're dealing with an independent company and the money, like it was all his money. So it was the money wasn't prevalent, right? And it was 
who can work for a certain amount of money. And then we were going all over the world with it. And we ended up just getting a, a, a phenomenal team. Like one, this, uh, this guy, Crispin Hands, who's a composer, he did the score. And I remember uh, Bobby going, hey, so we're doing the score at Brian Adams Studio in Vancouver. I went, oh, okay, great. So you think you're going to walk in with a guy with a synthesizer and looking at the th- it was It was the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra. He wow. And it was, it was amazing. We had a 25-piece orchestra, and he says, if I'm doing this, I'm going all the way. And, and I'm really proud, proud of what we got. And we got into Tribeca, so it's great. But it's tons of visual effects. Yeah, am- amazing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, w- I would say 96% of the film is visual effects. Oh, really? Yeah, so green screening. I, yeah, I have to ask you that because I've never – I don't know if you've done this, Jim, if you've had an experience working and acting against green screen. Right. How tough is that? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because it's like – um, Bobby was great, but I've had other experiences in green screen where they'll go, okay, now look at the door. And I'm like, where's the door? Yeah. It's just a big, okay, now look up to the to the freezer. So you're looking up to the freezer, and it's like, no, it's 50 feet high. I go, okay, let me look at it. And what Bobby did is he made a previs. He, made, he almost made an animation mm-hmm. of the feature of exactly what we had. So we had the dynamics of, of the whole idea of it, but it was definitely... Uh, it's definitely tough because you're really, really doing it against nothing. There's a few things that we put in into, um, um, I guess, some publicity stuff where you see that the, the shots are ta- being done with just a green screen and this emotionality that we're supposed to do. And so wait, you're not even in, in any type of a structure? The ship is just basically... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's just like, there's the ship. Now it's moving. Okay. Like that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. But you know what it looks like because you've seen the yeah. previous and you can you the can tell. The previous really kind of dropped it in. Even yeah. even the makeup and the, the effects of what we were going to be seeing. And that wasn't CG, which was great. We had like real... Good practical effects. Am- amazing yeah. practical effects. and That helps. Oh God! It was... I prefer it so much yeah. when they have like both. When yeah. they can yeah. though, because there's sometimes like a natural like uh, when the effects aren't as good. Like there was a movie called The Mist, which I forget it was a Stephen King story. Frank uh, Darbound, or I forget how to say his last yeah, name. Yeah. I haven't Darabound. seen it. Yeah. Darabound, sorry, he's a very good director. But the, 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 the some of the effects that were like Tom, Thomas was in there, right? Wasn't was I forget? I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, I remember they was about this, these creatures in this mist, and the, one of the creatures' arms. I was like, oh, they could yeah. CGI. Yeah, that. it takes that was, yeah. it takes you that right out. Necessary. And that's I was I was tripping out like like okay yeah I, I'll I'm happy that I got the gig and it seems extremely ambitious. But you just kind of like shake your head of going, if it's that thing where people are giggling where they're not supposed to be giggling yeah, because that's, the CG yeah. isn't that great. But we got really lucky and we got really passionate people a part of the project. Well, oh, CG has to be good, but if, if I would, there's nothing worse than a bad practical effect. Practical right. effect is yeah. like, oh, you could have just look, look done man. A I did Wishmaster Four. That should tell you <laughs> what right was that? there. <laughs> <laughs> Wishmaster Four. Wishmaster Four, which is basically, they didn't have <laughs> they they didn't have enough money for the demon in the movie to uh, to be in uh, at at night. So it's they like would a light Halloween it. mask. Well, it was like like the costume, the the whole outfit was great, but it was we didn't have enough money for lights, so he would come out during the day, and it's just a rubber suit. Like like wait, there's no money for lights. No money, so we couldn't shoot <laughs> wow. at night. So we had a bar scene. And I'm inside the bar, and I'm the bouncer. I'm like, all right, let's take this outside. And and it's a dude that turns into this bee. So we go outside. It's bright daylight. He turns he turns uh, into this thing, and we're like, this is just guy in a rubber suit. And then they had to um, – <laughs> he grabs me by the hand. He tossed me into one of those big blue uh, garbage bins. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on a wire, and there's eight guys just trying to lift me to get me into this, be- this bin. Yeah. And – 
I could, every, this is what happened every time I would go over and my legs would hit my because my eyes are closed and I go over my legs would hit my shins would hit this ah. oh man that okay, hurts okay let's go again bing yeah and the take that they use is when I opened the eye that was away from camera and I just kind of went neek I just lifted my legs right yeah. at the last second and dropped in. Wishmaster right, 4, Wish I want to see this. It's classic. Do you need to see the first three? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. Well, it's so funny also coming from like Planet of the Apes, which obviously has a budget and is super realistic looking. Right. You know, th- that's amazing that you kind of like run the gamut. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, was Wishmaster 4 after Planet of the Apes? <laughs> no, God. Oh, all right. No, God, no. No, that was like one of the first things I did. It's a good time for shorts, though, because uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Death, Love, and Robots. No. It's on Netflix. You ha- especially because you just did this film. You have to watch it. There's, they're like 12-minute mini-movies. Some are animated. At, well, most are animated, but some have practical effects, too. Oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's like, I wish that they do another one. Because they're really short stories, they're very abstract, the animation is amazing. That's great. And it's all relative sci-fi, like the end of the earth, what would happen. Yeah. It's cool. And Matt, quick little Matt, pops. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You love doing science fiction and stuff like that. That's kind of your specialty. Man, I don't know if I, I love it. It's just, it knocks on my door quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I, have, I, I just have a blast. I mean, this, the thing that I'm doing with Jason, and I can't really talk about right now, but it's, it's, it's 11. Are you million. in Game of Thrones? No, mm-hmm. no, I wish. Jeez. But yeah, this, wow. this is like 11 million an episode. Okay. And, and it's it's going to be quite massive. You're Do we know some... what network? Can you say what network? Yeah, it's it's on uh, Apple's new platform. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Apple is spending a lot. Yeah. Of 11 million. That, you know, it's funny. Even HBO, they think this was doomed Rome is because they said it was 5 million an episode. And I think Game of Thrones was 15 million an episode. Yeah, it was 14 or 15. But, they, you know, it's the, like Altered Carbon was, I think, eight, 8 or 9 mm-hmm. million episode. And it's these streaming, <clears throat> these streaming like Netflix and and Hulu, Amazon, they're taking it to another level. They're yeah. looking at things in a, you know, I, I remember back in the day where, you know, a, a movie star would never do TV. That's like going down. Sure. And now it's a, now it's a completely it's different bar, ball game. And, and there's some amazing work being done. Well, some of the writing is better than, uh, than the, it's obviously better than network because you have freedom. And a lot of it's better than film, some of the writing in some of these, uh, you know, there's, there's so many channels. It's not like you have three regular cheesy networks to choose from. Right, right. Um, you know, the, the praise that like Breaking Bad got. Oh, that show. Yeah. It's so good. Every, it's, and plus, they're paying a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Netflix gave Scorsese $100 million to do the Irishman, and again, that's wow. it's probably going to be in a theater just to get considered for awards. Oh, right, the Irishman, that's right. right. But I mean, a lot of these uh, networks, you know, Sandler's last couple of films, I think, have all been for Netflix. So a lot of these streaming services and, and TV, they're just paying so much they money. They are, but, but, but sometimes it screws up with the content because they just want to get it out. Yeah. So the content isn't that great. And then you get stuff like Breaking Bad where it was originated before they were going, oh, we got Netflix, let's just get right. something out. That yeah. thing was built. And that, that that's where I think you get you get really fortunate where it's mostly passion projects that get the the, the things that we see and re- revere. You know? I have a hard time watching like uh, TV where I got to watch every week now. Yeah, like, right. Oh, I just want to zip through I, it. Yeah, I just want to binge it and get yeah, out. Yeah, Game of Thrones is torture that way. I know it is. Hey, we should do picks too. By the way, what time is uh, Mike Perry calling? Yeah, we got Mike Perry in like ten minutes. So we can start doing our. Do I have time to pee? Sure. Okay. Take a break. I have take a to break pee quickly. Yeah. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. 
And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up Podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up. An epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points back-to-back essentially close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph in a lot of transition. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for a free You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus... Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. Well, we are back. We took a quick break, and boy, is Phoenix talking shit. Yep. <laughs> it's nice to be back. <laughs> yep. We have Mike Perry uh, in just a few minutes. Um, I love Mike Perry. He's fun to watch. Lost three out of four fights, though, so I mean, I, I want to see what he's done. He's just fun to watch. He's fun to this. talk to. Let's find yeah. out why and what would possess a person to put a tattoo over their eyebrow. Yeah. Because that just says, I'm not getting a regular job ever. That's yeah. really what that says. Hey, we didn't do our, uh, our picks, by the way. No, we, we didn't. Should, let's start them, even if we can't finish them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because I, I'm typically, I have very, did Matt call in with his? No, Matt's he's out shooting with Dana, like we said. So I'm going to get his picks before um, the event happens on Saturday night. So he'll he'll be locked in. He'll text them to me. All right. The uh, first fight is a lightweight fight. Roosevelt Roberts against Thomas Gifford is making his UFC debut. What is uh, what did Roberts do in his last couple of fights and uh, Gifford as well? Sure. So Roosevelt is undefeated. He's seven and zero. Roosevelt Roberts. He is. Coming off a standing guillotine choke in the first round against Daryl Horcher. That was his UFC debut. Before that, another uh, a rear naked choke in the contender series. And I can pull up uh, Thomas Gifford, but he's 17 and 7. This is his UFC debut. Hold on, let me just see what he did in this last fight. I think he's won a bunch in a row. Yeah. His last one was a split decision win over Chris Brown, who I'm not familiar with, and then a guillotine the fight Same. before that against Trey Ogden. You know, it's tough to pick because, again, uh, first fight, how does he do? He's got more experience, seventeen and seven. Right. But how does he do first fight? You know, a lot, a lot of guys are great, and a right. lot of guys just yeah. have that that crazy dump. You know, they see how good someone in the UFC is, and like, oh fuck. One hundred percent. Well, and Roosevelt Roberts has a bit of a, uh, you know, there's a little hype behind him after coming off the Contender series right. or whatever. So, like, it gives you an idea of how the UFC feels. Well, about Roberts him, so. has a photo on the UFC's website, and Gifford does not. He does no. not. Right. So, yeah. So. 
I'm going to go with Roberts yeah. based off of absolutely no reasoning other than I can see his face. But you also figure that they And would Thomas go- Gifford is a shadow demon. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the shadow people Art Bell used to talk about. Why can't they get a picture of the guy for the website? I don't know. I don't know. You've announced the fight. It's not it's like he just showed thing. up. You know what it is? Because I think they do it. I think they take the pictures when they come in for fight week. So yeah. if they put up on the website before fight week. It's like the they- same lighting. So they don't want to have right. like, yeah. you know, from yeah. his iPhone and everyone else's right. professional. Right. Right. I mean, look, they can make it look like Alex is in a spaceship <laughs> and a fucking ape. They can make it look like he's in the same room. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, All right, so I'm going to take Roberts uh, by a second round submission. All right. Um, I'm going to take Roosevelt by decision. Uh, I like the 17 and 7. I mean, that's a lot of fights. I don't yeah, think he's going to get fights, stopped, sure. but go by decision. Okay. Uh, Roosevelt by decision. All right. How about you, Alex? Guillotine Roosevelt. Oh, all right. There we go. Three in a row. Um, this fight was supposed to happen, I guess, a couple of, maybe a month ago or a couple of months ago. This is an awesome fight. John yeah. Lineker yeah. and Corey Sanding. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one. Man, John can throw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From his hip. What was the last fight? Last two fights for both. Uh, Lineker is coming off of a uh, knockout of Brian yeah. Kelleher in his last fight, and then he had a decision win over uh, Cheeto Vera. Um, and then Corey Sandhagen is on a five-fight win streak. He's coming off of an armbar win over Mario Bautista in his last fight. I see. And before that, it was actually the Yuri Alcantara fight where it looked like he was dead in the water. That's it looked right. like he was going to get submitted, got out of it, and ended up uh, yeah. winning that fight. I say Sanhagen by second round. Well, you know what? I got to interrupt you guys. We got Mike Perry. Let's do Mike it. Perry's All right. on the phone. We'll, we'll finish our picks after. Uh, hi, Mike. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? Good, buddy. You're talking to Jim, to Phoenix, Carnivale, and to uh, Alex Ponovic. Matt is out shooting with Dana today, so welcome to the show. All right. What's up, man? Hey, what what show were we watching? You were, uh, oh, we were watching Power, and you're a drug-dealing priest. Yes. <laughs> That's a great show, man. Thank you. Yeah, it is really good, man. Um, yeah, that was a very odd role. you died. Me. What's that? Didn't you die? I did. Yeah, they uh, they. <laughs> it was the season finale of of uh, season four, and I'm like, I might make it through this season. And I'm like, every week I would ask, are they going to kill me? And they would always go, no. And then they told me like, yeah, you're getting it this you're week. Getting it. <laughs> the producer called me. She goes, listen, give us a call. And I'm like, oh, that, this is the yeah, year about to be yep. killed. <laughs> yep. But it was uh, it was oh, really awesome. fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how many people watch that show. I'll be out and people will be in cabs and y'all stuff. That was a really popular show. So thanks, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great show. It entertained us for a little while. I was mad when I found out that was sixth season was the last one. Oh, are they actually done with it? No idea. No, I don't know if they're done. I'm just saying that um, what's his name's girl, the the police officer girl on the show got shot right at the end, the last episode, and then I thought we were about to watch more episodes, and she, my girl was like, nope, that was the last one. Oh. I was like, oh, man, they leave you in suspense. Well, you didn't leave me in suspense. Now I know what happens at the end of that <laughs> season. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Spoiler alert. Do you binge watch everything? Spoiler alert, yeah. We, we were just talking about that. I can't watch things from week to week anymore. If I if there's a choice, I'd rather let it all play out, avoid spoilers, and then just watch the whole thing uh, back to back. 
So are you not watching Game of Thrones right now? Because memes will give it away. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I did, actually. I watched Game of Thrones on HBO when it showed, and it's the first time in a couple of years I've actually watched a right. live week-to-week show. Normally I watch it on demand, but Game of Thrones, yeah. Are you, are you watching? Oh, yeah, bro. It's like, I don't know. It's that... That show is like waiting for it at the end of every week. Like uh, I've been waiting for this fight to get here, and I'm like, oh man, the day after the fight, we can watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> so true. So you, you you kind of tell yourself that all right, is that is that something you'll do when you have to fight? Kind of not look beyond the fight, but go like, okay, a fight is the event this week, but then I have that. Like you, you make it a part of your life, so it's not so overwhelming. Um, you know that might be something that I do without thinking about it because I can't think of another thing that I've done you know I mean you do that with weigh-ins you're like all right Friday morning I make it and then I get to eat yo so you know I do that with weigh-ins but with the fight I can't really think of anything that I go do after um you know I haven't I haven't had a alcoholic drink in four months so this time I'm also like uh, I think I might have a celebratory drink uh, when I win on Saturday. Your girlfriend looks like she's an incredible cook because she's always handing you plates of deliciousness. <laughs> and I'm Latina, and I was like, did she just make rice and beans? And I was hungry after looking at your Instagram. So how are you cutting weight with a good chef in the house? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't, looks can be deceiving. <laughs> I need the salt shaker with me in those videos. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, I mean, it's hard, yo. I'm I'm worried about it every day. Right now, I'm like, oh, is it like last time was I this high? Last time, oh, my God, am I going to make it? I don't know. Some people still got 22 pounds, and I'm like, if they can do 20, I can do 10 or 12. So, you know, but then I get in the sauna or something, and I'm, I, I turn bitch real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I've never had to cut weight like that, and I was watching something on Cyborg where they were showing the process she has to oh, go through. I think torture. it was to get down to 140 at one point. And, I mean, she was weeping and, yeah. and, and crying and, like, and literally painful. having a, a, a mental breakdown. Do you, are your weight cuts that bad for you? Like, is it a point where you go, like, I might have to go up, or is it still kind of uh, manageable for you? No, yeah, I don't, I don't let it get there because I think a lot of people do it really wrong. I used to work with a lot of boxers who, and, and boxing coaches who were like, it ain't cut weight, it's on weight. And, yeah. you know, you get low very early and you start to get your body used to being at that weight. And these guys do that so they can put back on, what, 20 pounds sometimes. And, and you know, I just put on like, you know, 10 or 12 now sometimes eight you know i don't put that much back on i like to be mobile i like to be able to move well i like my body to feel good i try to get it down but like i said you know i keep that in the back of my head like if some people are doing 20 i can push it and i can definitely do the 12 or whatever i got left and and i you know the fact that i'd have to pay 20 30 percent of my purse kind of i yeah. think helps too yeah and and struggling with it, I I definitely woke up this morning and, or I think I was like, I don't know if I was dreaming about praying to God, like, yo, I need help with my weight cut. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I woke up at 5 a.m. and was like, 
I'm feeling energetic this morning. I'm about to go for a run right now. That might help. So I woke up early this morning. I ran, and I've been going through my day doing media stuff and drinking my water and getting the sodium out. So it's, it's just a process, man. And I've I think I've only missed weight. I never out of the never in the UFC. I've never missed weight in the UFC. So that's what we'll stick with. Is that I. I'm a professional. I show up on weight. I do what I got to do. I get this money. Yeah, and you're maintaining your power, too. I mean, everybody knows that you're a power puncher. You got them hands, so it definitely helps not to feel like crap going into fight week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How's your mentality, so. uh, too, Mike? How are you? Because you lost a couple of fights. Have you, have you learned anything, like from, the, from especially from the Cowboy loss, which was on the ground? I mean, a couple of tough decisions, uh, you know, to Max Griffin and, and Ponzinibbio. Um, Cerrone was on the ground, and you know what uh, what Oliveira is probably going to want to do. At least you know what he's Absolutely. probably going to be thinking. So what have you kind of done? I mean, again, we talked before Tyron Woodley against Damian Maya. Just because a guy wants to take you down does not mean he's going to be able to. Absolutely. You know, uh, I kind of – just my mind is in a much better place with, um, now than it was when when it was – my fight was so dramatic with Cowboy. It was like it was Jackson Wink versus Cowboy, and yeah. and well, or actually, let me let me rephrase that. It was Mike Perry versus Cowboy, but had I, you know, been thinking about oh, if I win, I'm thinking people are gonna be like oh, it's, it was Jackson Wink versus Cowboy. It was right. Jackson Wink who won that fight. It wasn't Mike Perry, and I was like. Deep down inside, I kind of kept telling myself these negative things like, oh, you know, I don't know if I even really want to win. I yeah. don't want people to take the credit from me after all these years, all this shit I've done. I just went to Jackson Wink because I wanted to go train and hang out with John Jones because I was a big fan of him and he's my favorite fighter and I was impressed with what he's been able to do. So, And then it turned into this big thing and then... I was like, just deep down, it wasn't me. It didn't feel like me. So, yeah, it's like I you're didn't. going, you're like hanging out with parents that are going through a divorce. Like that's right. the, you know, that's the the gym politics. Very uncomfortable. Shit, I don't even know what hanging out with parents going through a divorce feels like. But <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was weird, and it was there was so many things I was telling myself even right before I walked out. I felt like. You're you're walking out to face defeat, and you wow. have to do it. You have to face defeat, no matter what you do. And then it's the craziest shit. The next day you wake up, and there's snow everywhere. When all, the whole time I was in Denver, nothing. It was muddy, and it was like, ugh. And it was <laughs> glim. And then all of a sudden, it was this big platinum day. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What's this all about? And, and I, you know, I like to get spiritual and think crazy stuff. And my mom was like, oh, it wasn't your time yet. And I'm like, you know, I have what it takes to beat that guy. And and it wasn't the right time. It wasn't my time. But now that I'm back where with the team that I started with, that I've always had the love to do this shit with, I just feel free. And I feel like my old self again. I feel aggressive and strong and powerful mm, and I good. feel capable and and like it's sprawl and brawl has been the game plan for this when I came into the UFC it was sprawl and brawl and then I got away from that and then I brought it back for this camp 
your passion, your passion, a lot more jujitsu in order to practice sprawling and brawling. Mm. I had to grapple a lot more. Okay. You know, I was going to ask you that because we just had Greg Hardy on the phone and you had won so many fights in a row, knockout, TKO, that after a while, uh, it, it probably becomes a little harder to make yourself train on the ground when you're having such incredible success standing up. And then you get in the high levels like this and you see guys who are able to take it and they can take the hardest shot you can throw and you got to throw, you know, four or five more behind it. And then you got to trip them and hit them on the ground too. Like, you know, the levels change and you start to see new things. And, and it's crazy that all the new things I've learned just kind of told me to Go back to the mentality you had when you were a young savage kid. So it's 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 same mentality, but new new tools, right? Like Ab- absolutely new knowledge. It seems know? like your passion is even that much more than it was before. It seems like because you've you've kind of gone through all of the the tri- um, trials and tribulations of it, and mm. now you're you're remembering what it was like in the beginning, which is even more invigorating. Yeah, that went that went away a lot too. That was a scary thing, you know, just kind of like not wanting to give a fuck about winning or training or you know, and then I I found I tried to find ways to like strike fear into myself so that I could go work hard three times a day and then and then injuries happened, you know, like little bumps and bruises that can really set you back. Yeah. And we have them all the time. You're never a hundred percent when you step in the ring, if you trained hard enough, but so, you know, I've, I've been through it and I'm becoming somewhat of a veteran and I've been watching the veterans win these fights lately. And you, you, you'll see a fight with like a new up and comer and a vet. And then the first round is like, oh, man, the up-and-comer was doing this work. And then you see the second round, and it switched completely. And the veteran noticed everything they did wrong in the first, right. and they made they dialed in, and they made the the changes that they needed to make. So, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the knowledge that I've gained. I don't care if they came with L's or what. It's just lessons, learning, and knowledge, and and... You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and sound whack either. Like, oh, I, I saw this meme. I think it was like uh, the girl from The Simpsons, Lisa Simpson. And she's like freaking out on the ground, holding her knees. And it's like, um, there are no l- losses, only lessons. There are no losses, <laughs> only lessons. And she's like freaking out over it. But it, it, it really is true. It really is. Yeah. And the, the uh, it's like you said about the, on that level, guys. Uh, I mean, they, they they know what to do. They know how to adjust. And when you're when you're when you're playing high level baseball, no matter how fast you throw a fastball, you're not going to constantly get guys out with a fastball because they're all capable of hitting it. You got to be able to throw a curve or a slider, and that's why you're mm. smart to be concentrating on the ground as well. And it's that geography too, right? Like you're understanding the geography of the ring of, of the octagon, mm-hmm. and you're not and the timing of the punches. You're not wasting punches as you did when you were younger. So it's that cagey veteran mentality, which really, is really interesting. Mm. We being more patient and not letting and you know guys have there are guys who can run well in there and there are guys who grab well in there and I think that right now the game plan is to stop the takedown and if they run let them and I I've been stuck on that Bruce Lee saying I don't say it exactly correct but he said something about 
when time is right, it will land all on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, Mike, you're only 27, too. You know, you, you are becoming it's, a veteran, but you, you're, you're really still a really a young guy. So you have a lot of fights left in you. You have, you have plenty of time to get where you want to go. It's I do not hit. It hits all by itself. <laughs> Ooh. My bad Bruce Lee accent. <laughs> I love that. I but, love it. But, you know, it sounds like, honestly, Mike, it sounds like your fight IQ is just increasing, increasing, mm. increasing. So can you break down Oliveira for us and how you beat him? Without giving too much away, yeah. obviously. No, it don't matter. Right hand, uh, right kick, right front kick, push you up against the cage, lean on you, try to drag you down to the ground. Great ground and pound, long reach, um, all the way out, all the way in. Technically, both of us want that. And, you know, like I said, stop the takedown, stop it again if I have to, break the will there, and when it's time, it will hit all by itself. Nice. Yeah, if you can punish him coming in uh, as he's mm-hmm. shooting for takedowns, if you can punish him a couple of times, maybe that will discourage him from, from making uh, too many Absolutely. attempts. Absolutely. have to punish him. I have to be last. You got to try to be first and last. If he touches me, I got to touch him right back with two or three. If, you know what I mean, just uh, if he if he does something that he wants to do, like shoot that takedown, I can't just stop him. I got to make him pay. You're right about that for you, sure. Mike, I love that you bring a lot of like old school boxing mentality into it too because not just being first but being last is something that my boxing coach used to say all the time. Is that where you got that? Shit, I, I don't know. That's more of a recent. That's more of a recent thing. As mm-hmm. for me, it was guys I was working with Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, you know, we started working triggers. If if off of the actually that was, I was working with Frank the Tank on that one because we figured Cowboy would throw some kicks. But the problem is guys ain't throwing offense, which makes them hard to counter. Right. If you can't you can't really counter a guy because they're not open if they're not throwing. Right. And these guys are fighting me. They're not throwing. They're grabbing me and hugging me or they're running away. So if I stop the grabbing and the hugging, and if I'm not the one who goes for the damn takedown, or if I do get the takedown, I just got to be patient there and hold my position. I can't. Like, I took Cowboy down in the side control. My my coach in Florida is like, oh, that's a five-point takedown, bro. And then I'll go for the key lock. He's like, oh, man, why'd you go for the damn Americana? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? And then I got out of it, and I stayed in his guard, but my weight was up high. So, And then he's like, you know this. When you they go for the armbar, you don't fucking lift them up. And, you know, when I did pick him up, my head, these thoughts ran through my head at a million miles an hour. Like, oh, man, if this was concrete and you slammed them, this would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like, oh, but there are rules. You can't spike them a certain way. They have those uh, fighter meetings before the fights. They tell you that you can't, like, put them on their neck a certain way. I was like, okay, this must be high enough. I'm going to try to slam them now. And then my arm popped, and then I... Spun around and I was like, "Oh, I've been in this position a million times, and a guy has never twisted my arm like that." Wow! And he popped my arm six more times over the side, and I was like, "Oh!" (laughs) 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 And that was the fight. You know what I mean? Cowboy was in his gear every day, getting it, and I know what that's like. Now I've been with the greatest black belts on the planet between Rodolfo Rivera, Jacare Souza, Julian Williams. And my day one coach, Julian Williams, gets respect 
like you have never seen from these amazing black belts. I have never seen him lose a grappling match uh, uh, around. He doesn't give any ground to anyone. He is the most amazing grappler I have ever seen. And no matter if you're competing every day, every week, grappling all the time, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. He may not compete as much as others, but his mind is so clear, so clean. He's untouchable. Well, you sound ready. And before we let you go, too, uh, you, at one point you were single and now you're engaged. Congratulations. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, man, we engaged. It's just we married. That's it. <laughs> I just got to sign a paper. That I'm trying to hurry up and get those papers. But, we, you know, she she going to she lying talking about, you know, she don't want to do a big wedding, but she's a she's a um, a little rich girl, so she's gonna want. <laughs> you think, you think nice, she wants a big nice wedding? Party. Yeah, you can do she's it. She's gonna do be a fun. nice little party. We just want the sure. dress. We just want to make sure the dress is That's, banging yeah. and it's important to us. And she wants the right person to marry us. Like she's she's talking about getting one of my old boxing coaches. Uh, his credentials to be the one who marries us. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Mike, honestly, you're so fu- Like, I really want you to recount every part of your day. Like, yeah. you're a really yeah. good storyteller. I can listen to you all day, <laughs> man. And Discovery awesome. Channel should hire you to talk about, like, gorillas in the woods or something. Because <laughs> you, you're amazing. But by the way, be careful. Maybe I'll be commentating soon right next to Paul Felder. That you should. There you go. It is an easier Let's way go. of life. It's an easier way of life, commentating. I don't know what motivates guys like Felder and Cormier to fight at all when they're so good at commentating right. why would you want to fight anymore? because you love competing well i mean when you're sitting there watching those fights like that all the time you're getting that energy from yeah. the arena all the time wow. and you actually get the opportunity to get in there and put on a show for people i can see why they would want to I, fight. I, I guess so. My, what would dissuade me is the idea of being hit. So I guess that's why. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> hey, man, we we love watching you. I know Matt loves you too. Uh, so good luck, man. I'm I, looking forward to you against Cowboy Oliveira. I mean, you you just do not take easy fights, and you're not an easy fight for anybody you get in with. So so good luck this Saturday, buddy. Okay. Good luck, brother. I appreciate you guys, man. Be easy. All right, Later, take care, Mike. Mike. Be good. Oh my God, I love that dude. Yeah, he's Me great. Too. So much. Me he's too. A really nice he's one guy. of the best personalities in the sport. Oh so. my yeah. God, he's yeah. so good. The clip you remember of- that? Remember that? There's that clip of his, uh, the spa. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's so great. Oh, with uh, with uh, uh, oh my God, we just uh, it was with British, Darren Till. Uh, uh, Darren Till, yeah. Yeah, Darren Till. I thought you wanted to go to a spa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want a spa, man. That was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, he has been training with Jacare, so hopefully that helps on the ground. Yeah, because you know what Oliveira is going to want to do. Oh, yeah. he's definitely going to want to drag him down. But the thing is, I. I really liked, like, obviously his aggression is one thing, but I, I remember him using really nice small angles mm-hmm. when he was moving his way in. And that was really attractive to me. That was something that I think really elevated his his game. Um, and I'm hoping to see that again. Yeah, for sure. Well, the I mean, the elbow knockout of, oh, of, of Jake Ellenberg, yeah. it's like that's, you know. Yeah. Very high level. And, and if you really see that, it's a, he, he does a tiny little angle, and yep. then he lands it perfectly. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to take Lineker by decision, by the way. You're taking John <coughs> Lineker yep. by decision. All right. I mean, that's going to be a wild fight if it goes yeah. to the decision. Um, all right. I, I actually, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Corey Sandhagen in my first round. Wow. Knockout. Wow. Knockout. Yeah. Wow. I think he's going to use his, his, 
his, his range. Yeah, he's gonna keep everything at distance, and he's gonna he's gonna catch him eventually. Okay. Wow. We'll see. And uh, what has Teixeira done? Well, what, what do we got oh, here? Phoenix, oh, I you, you, Phoenix, you, 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 you gave your I, I said I said Sanhagen, but yeah. I didn't did. predict a round. Oh, okay. I think I think sub. I just think he's okay. really good. Maybe second round sub. Sure. Uh, as, as an Xboxer, I'm going uh, Lineker. John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard to go against him. When, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna go in the second. All right. And uh, let's see. We got uh, Glover is fighting uh, Eon. Uh, oh, yeah, Ewan. Ewan this was also supposed to happen, I think, a little while back. I think Glover ended up taking or whatever. But this was supposed to happen a little while back, so now they put it back together. <clears throat> and what have they both done? Uh, Glover is coming off a... Oh, yeah. So Carl Roberson stepped in for Ewan Kutalaba. I believe he got injured or whatever. So Glover's coming off a submission arm trial... Ch- Arm triangle Brooklyn, choke win over right? Carl Robertson. Yes, that, that was Brooklyn? Uh, January 19th in Brooklyn. And Iwan is coming off a knockout of Gajamarad Antigulov in his last fight. What's but that his was record? July 2018. He's 14-3 and one no contest. Uh, Iwan Kutilov. How, how many knockouts? Uh, let's see if they have it. He has 11 of his 14 wins are by knockout. Mm. Yeah, he's mm. powerful. Yeah. yeah, he's really powerful. I mean, there's a fantastic matchup and Glover's 28 and 7 overall. Right. That's why John Jones again is so impressive because Glover's good with the uppercuts on the inside right. and John yeah. did that to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well that's like, John Jones is such a freak. Yeah. He does whatever he thinks the other person is going to be better that at. Arm, he, he that shoulder well. crank that he did against the cage when he was just like tossing around like a yeah. ragdoll and he's yep. a big strong dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I, I, yeah. I don't know on this one, Jim. You go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I, I what what is it? Ion? Eon? That's uh, Ewan. Ewan I, sounds I, like a Star Wars name, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna. I, I think I don't know. Glover's a little, been a little chinny. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he gets caught a little bit more now after that big knockout early. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Ewan. Yeah. What? Uh, two, two knockout. You know what? I'll go with the same thing. I actually had the same thing written down. I'm gonna get, and I love Glover. I Do mean, you really? he could definitely yeah. win that fight, but I, I have Ewan Kutalaba by second round knockout. Yeah. So I'm just gonna just throw an oddball thing there out there. Go. Say okay. Glover by second round sub. All right. Wow. Yeah. Why not? I mean, there I that probably he has an advantage there. I would say. Yeah. yeah. You know. Now this next one. What you said? Oh, second round sub, Jimmy. I said second. round You said, you said second round knockout. knockout. Sorry. Now, what has Oliveira done in his last couple? Um, uh, well, Ca- uh, Cowboy Oliveira is coming off of a. Lost to, to Gunner, right. Gunner Nelson in the last one, which arguably is the most bloody fight I've ever seen. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, that yeah. was great. He like he elbow. had thirty six yeah. stitches after that, and and it was insane. It was the I think it was the most blood I've ever seen. It, in yeah, it, it was really crazy. It was on such a spot that it just would not stop right. bleeding. Yeah. Um, so that was his last fight. That was a loss. But then prior to that, he guillotined Carlos Condit, and then he knocked out Carlo Pedersali in the fight yeah. uh, before that the Condit loss. guillotine was vicious. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Perry, of course, is coming off the loss to Cowboy in his last week. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, after just talking to him, Perry all day. Yeah. Like, I can't go against Perry, man. I have a feeling Mike Perry's going to throw some kicks. It's, it's so funny. I had Oliveira by second round sub, but after and I crossed talk- it out. <laughs> and I wrote Perry by second round knockout, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I'm taking. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's really hard because I love Perry. Yeah. But Oliveira is so dangerous on the ground. He is a real veteran, just game. And he know. I think he knows how to get you where he wants to get, wherever he wants the fight to go. I think he is. He's been around long enough to to make that happen. Well, what's know. interesting? I, stop that. I think my, Mike's advantage is always. He's not a counter fighter. He goes in. 
So he's got to, I guess, really determine that geography of if how far does he go in when the shot comes that he can sprawl. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't want to overcommit. Yeah. Um, and and I have I've yeah I think I think Perry's gonna. I say Mike Perry by unanimous decision. Mm, that's okay. nice. Right. I feel like he'll learn. He's do, gonna do what he says he's gonna do, which is control. You know, clenching up, controlling. Not good overzealous. I yeah. Think, yeah, I hope so. I, it'll be interesting to see him win. He sounded so passionate. I just, I think he's on his game, man. I, I, I'm going with him. He sounded yeah. so great. And he's at home in Florida, trained with Jacare. Jacare's fighting. Right. It's like he's, yeah. you know, he's pumped for this. He has a sure. tremendous power advantage. I still have to go with uh, Oliveira. Okay. Uh, second round sub, just because I think he's so, so good on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's a really, really. Th- uh, it's a tough fight. Yeah, yeah, and he's a I mean, he's a wild striker too. That's the thing. Like, yeah. he's uh, Oliver is not going to be afraid to engage <coughs> that way. Yeah, yeah he can uh, knock because you out too. He, he can uh, grab anything. Just, you know, but just interrupt. in the yeah. in the uh, you know standing up, I give an advantage to Perry. No, 100%. I mean, over most people. Perry. It's just that length, right? That, that Oliveira's length it could be if he can if Perry can get inside of the length, that would be that's a different story. But if, yeah, if Alex de- determines that geography. Could be tough. I would actually yeah. like to see. There's times where I like to be wrong. I like Mike, so yeah, I, would, yeah. I would love to see Mike yeah. win this fight. Yep. Um, co-main event. We talked to him earlier. Greg Hardy and Dmitry Dmitri Smolikov. What's Smolikov's record? He is nine and two overall. He won his last fight outside of the UFC. It was a submission, a Kimura victory. Before that, he had two fights in the UFC. He lost both of them to Luis Henrique, a submission, and he got knocked out by Cyril Asker. Uh, and then he came out of the UFC, and now he's back. Who yeah. knocked Cyril Asker out really badly? Um, let me pull that up. It's a great question. <coughs> I know what you're talking about. You know about the fight I'm talking about, yeah. too. Oh, uh, Tai Tuivasa. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. right. I remember that. Hardy, I have to take Hardy in this one. Yep. Um, I'm going to take Hardy by a first-round knockout. Yeah. That's what I have. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I Obviously, he's working on other parts of his game, but... He's going to try to knock the guy on out. The, the but first on the round. ground, if he if it goes to, to the ground, uh, I, absolutely, I think Dimitri's going to beat him. Yeah. Um, yes, he, he has just, a way more rounded. Well yeah, rounded. you can't train like you you can't pack ten no, years you, you're of you're not ground cramming jujitsu. Right. right. You can't cram jujitsu. Yeah, or right. wrestling. Any, anything yeah. on the ground, you just can't. Right. Right. Yeah. If you can even you can understand something conceptually, but if your muscle memory doesn't Definitely. have it for jujitsu, especially, especially angling your hips out, especially when your cardio goes, yeah, yeah, your yeah. brain's not going to be on. You're a big uh, dude. You hit really hard. You can a big dude, even not a trained fighter, can always land a punch. Right. There's no way a guy who's just limber is going to get on the ground and fucking no. tap somebody who right. knows jujitsu. Right. 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 Um, what do you think? What are you going? I'm going uh, Greg Hardy by knockout. First now, or let's say first round, but yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like he might pace himself and then wind up getting the knockout in the second. So let me say that. Let me say second okay. round knockout. Okay. I really want to see. I'm. I would love to be wrong, but I feel like he's 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 going to do the exact same thing and just come out gunning, <laughs> and and then start. If he doesn't get him out, if he knocks him out, he knocks him out. If he doesn't get him out of there, it's going to be the same fight. So without the DQ, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. hopefully. So, all right, yeah, what yeah, no, that's reasonable. I, I agree. I mean, I think he that that is his style. It's yeah. gonna be his style for as long as he fights. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, all right, main event. This is such an interesting oh. uh, matchup. Jack Hermanson stepping in to fight Jacare. So stepping in for so Romero. good this last fight. Yeah. He did, he man. Looked, yeah. He looked so. Who did he, who did he, my, my memory is going? He submitted a Henzo Gracie black belt uh, 
David Branch. That's right. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. which everyone thought Branch was going to submit him. Yeah, because yeah, Branch has great jiu-jitsu yeah. and judo background, and, and it was I was shocked, actually. Yeah. I don't see him submitting Jacare. No. Yeah, no, probably not, right? I mean, I have Jacare by third-round submission. I think that's where the advantage is. I mean, although Hermanson is a great grappler, he does a lot of these grappling tournaments and whatever, has power. It, it's very interesting. But right. coming in on short notice, I think Jacare is going to... Then again, he didn't do much. Like he didn't suffer any damage in his last fight. Not, not at all. So no. I'm going to say Jacare by second round knockout. Mm. All right. Jacare by decision. I was going to do the same thing. Jacare decision. Yeah, Jacare. This fight. Not that it doesn't mean anything to Hermanson, but this fight really matters to Jacare. Yes, like yeah. any loss is going to push him farther away from right. the title shot. He needs this fight to to get himself. Back yeah, and in, I think you know. it was promised to him, right? If I if I. Oh, I'm not sure about that, but but he said it in an interview. But who okay. know? You know who knows? Right. Well, Rockhold is uh, is out, and you all is hurt, right? Yeah, you well pulled out of this fight due to illness. I think I read somewhere that he has pneumonia. Or he yeah. Got oh, yeah. really? So, okay. Yeah. That's a fight I would love to see. Now, what's Rock? Why is Rockhold out? Because he he's went out. Light heavyweight. Yeah. Oh, he he's out. out. That that's a light heavyweight. Okay. Got yep. it. Um, he's fighting Anthony Smith. Yep. Oh, wow. no, 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 no. They were no, no. They're bitching. Who's he fighting? Yeah, yeah. They were just they were going back the, and forth. Uh, oh, it's not set. Him. No. Oh, Anthony, right. They were they were jawing back and forth. Yeah. Right. Anthony's fighting um, uh, Gustafsson. Uh, on oh, June yeah. 1st. That's right. Rockhold is fighting Jan Blachowicz at the July sixth card. That's right. I wonder where that fight will wind up. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, but so just by the way, also on this card, uh, Ben Saunders is fighting. Andre Arlovsky is fighting. Oh, Carlos wow. Sparza, D- uh, Gilbert Burns, Jim Miller's on this. Angela Hill. It's a great card. Like a, it's a really, yeah, really a lot great of, card. A lot of great card. By yeah. the way, if Jacare wins, you're, you're, you could be right. Because again, with Romero sick, I don't know how long he's at. And Rockhold not in the picture. And uh, Adesanya is the uh, interim champion. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it does, it, it's never going to hurt Jacare to, to get this win. I right. mean, it, it puts him in. Certainly, very close to contention, and, it, and depending how he wins, right? If he yeah. wins like in sensational fashion, that that'll really shoot right. him right out. How yeah, is Gastelum sure. number five? Uh, Am I crazy? How the fuck did that happen? He was just—he literally just lost uh, a tremendous fight to Israel Adesanya. How is he number five? Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, make well, sense. I guess he—I don't know what he was coming into the. How fight, do you drop? But well, because I mean, he lost. But, but I mean, five yeah. spots. Yeah, like, well, I mean, there's four guys ahead of him when he fights that well. Yeah, I don't know because I don't know what Izzy was when that fight took place. Like now he's the number one contender because okay. he's the interim champion, but he might have been. They, they might have been right next to each other in the rankings. I, I'm not sure. All right. Well, it, maybe it's how many fights on that particular weight class, and then because Ke- Ke- Kelvin has changed a few times or whatnot. Yeah. All right. That was okay. a crazy fight, you guys. Yeah. Uh, one oh of the best ever. God, that, that was yeah. such Amazing. a great fight. Loved Kelvin it. getting up. Like in the last, what was the last ten seconds? He got up three times. Yeah. Oh so God! Insa- yeah, yeah. Insane. Couldn't finish him. No, just couldn't. Couldn't put him away. And I think Israel just showed like he's he's the next level. He 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 went through the test. Yeah, he did. He got he got he like, dropped it with the first round. And has he been dropped before? That was his first time. No, not in the UFC. Yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Showed showed heart in that fifth. Showed the champion. Oh, it's hard God, to win totally, that fight. Yeah. Totally. It was so great to watch. Yeah. All right, well, thank you guys very much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank Thanks, you to guys. Mike Perry, of course. And, uh, uh, Jesus, my memory is going so no, Greg bad. Hardy. Greg Hardy. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Alex and uh, Phoenix, thank you very much. Uh, can I just give the proper plug for this uh, this weekend? So it's Jacare yeah. versus Hermanson this Saturday, April 27th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. ESPN Plus main card starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. The ESPN prelims are on at 7 p.m. 
And then the early prelims are on ESPN2 at 5.30 Eastern. Great. And, uh, and Alex, one more uh, plug for your film, please. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, premiering Saturday at the, uh, I think it's the Apollo, I'm not sure, um, for the screening of uh, The Shipment, and pretty stoked about it to be in Tribeca. And to see you again, man. Every time I, I, I love coming. I listen to you guys all the time. Oh, you do. So I kind of fangirl, and uh, <laughs> and so when I get a, get 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 to come over here and kind of chat with you guys is pretty awesome. Anytime, Fun. thanks, man. Thank you, appreciate it. And how about you, Phoenix? Um, no, LFA this Friday night. The future is now. It's uh, the UFC definitely fishers from our pool all the time. So you get to see these athletes right before they get picked up by the UFC. So I'll be there, and then the podcast is in fighting shape and. You know, I'll probably be on a diarrhea commercial sometimes. Oh, awesome. I, I, I keep auditioning and not getting them. <laughs> overdoing it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys both. Thanks, guys. Later. All right. Now, remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, radio.com slash UFC Unfiltered, or wherever you get your shows. Not my business. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.